Today's scripture reading is in the first chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, the 18th to the 25th verse. The reading is also in your bulletin. If you are able, please stand for the reading. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came out. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her from the Holy Spirit, she will give birth to a son, and you are, are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to the Son and gave him the name Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. Um, you're, you're always um, prepared and you're, you know, you're ready and then until you get here and then everything, all of a sudden everything kind of starts to hit you. So uh, uh, please uh, pray with me, pray for me as uh, I do my best uh, to attempt to deliver this message. Um, uh, before we start, um, because whenever I get up here, I try to have fun, but um, that's my mom in the back, Mother Barry, she don't like this. Well, go ahead, wave, Mom, go ahead, wave. All right, all right. Um, a little story about my mother. Um, she is somebody who uh, I looked up to and, and modeled uh, how to be a Christian. She was a praying woman. Um, as a kid, I'd go knock on her door to say something to her. I just knew she wasn't answering. She was on her knees praying, and she modeled that. I'm thankful that I have a praying mother um, who's prayed for me growing up, continues to pray for me, um, because without that, you know, you, you start going in different directions. You have the best intentions, but I'm thankful for my praying mother. Um, she's very competitive. She loves basketball. We spend a lot of time watching basketball. And so this God-fearing, praying woman, she watches basketball. She's not very passive when she watches basketball. Um, the Kings, when they fired their coach, Dave Yeager, I told her to put in an application. <laughs> because she, she had a lot of feedback. She had a lot of feedback. Um, so uh, we were just at her house on Friday, and the Kings game went to overtime, right? And again, my God, for your mother, the game was going to overtime. She, you know, she's fussing and all this stuff. And then she says, oh, all right, basketball gods. I'm like, basketball gods? What? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought we prayed to one God. Now she's talking about basketball gods. <laughs> what happened? You know, so sometimes... <laughs> The sports kind of take us, you know, Lord has to bring us back. <laughs> bring us back. So I know you went to church early this morning, her own church, so you're doing double duty. It's good you're doing double duty today. <laughs> Maybe go to BTU later on tonight, too. <laughs> we, we get you back on track, okay. 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> uh, so this morning's uh, Abbott message, as Pastor mentioned, it's about joy. And um, I thank you for allowing me to speak and continue to grow um, and stretch in the word. I think Pastor, as many of you know, who put you in uh, a position, asks you to do something that, you know, you may not feel like you're ready for or can handle, but it, it, you're never ready until you do it. And sometimes you've got to jump in the pool. Sometimes you just have to do it. Um, and that's how you grow. That's how you learn. And I appreciate that he gives us um, that space and time to learn. Um, because if you're fully ready to do it, you're probably ready for the next thing. And so um, you got to grow into um, that position. And I appreciate that. Um, so thank you. Um, so today, I would like to approach uh, the message this morning. Um, we're going to look at three questions. Uh, do you really believe the story of Mary and Joseph? What is your relationship like with God? And then what is joy? So I'm just going to look first, just at that last verse uh, of Matthew, at the last one, um, the second to last, Matthew 1, 23, where it says, A virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. And just think about, can you imagine this happening today? You know, someone in your family, they said they were pregnant, but it was by the Holy Spirit. You know, a virgin. You know, what if your wife came home and said, you know, I wish Isabel Will came home and she said, oh, I'm pregnant, but you know, not today. You know it's not you, it's the Holy Spirit. You know, ask some questions, you know. <laughs> What's going on? You know, your daughter comes home, Dad, you know, I'm pregnant. Don't worry, it's okay. It's the Holy Spirit, and, you know. Your son, dad, my girlfriend's pregnant. It wasn't me. It was the Holy Spirit. You know, and, and some of this stuff that we read about um, in the Bible, you know, it's, it's, it's almost unbelievable, right? It's, I mean, you, you think of non-believers, and we go to them and share with them about what's going on in the Bible, and we're telling them about, hey, there's a story of Mary and Joseph. She got pregnant. You know, if we go start, you know, canvassing around Oak Park, you start telling people about this story, some of the women, they might want to show up. It's like, you telling me that what happens in your church? Women get pregnant by the Holy Spirit? Like, like, that, that, that might be the church for me. <laughs> and, and for me, as somebody, I grew up in the church, and um, sometimes when you grow up in the church, you know, a lot of the things that you learn, you just assume to be true, right? And it's just something, a part of what you know. Um, it's a part of what I believed, and like I said, it's just I assumed that that was true, and then as you grow into adulthood, you start to reflect and think, you start asking questions about it. Um, and so you really have to examine your faith and, and what you believe, and I think it's okay to ask those questions, right? Um, and so the story of Mary and Joseph sounds amazing, and, and it's fantastic, but again, it sounds like something that is not possible. Um, and even though it sounds uh, far-fetched, in reality, knowing God is believing in him, okay? Knowing God is believing in him, and with that uh, comes faith, right? And we know God, we believe him, and, and through, it's through faith um, that these things make sense. Because really, it wouldn't make sense for God to do regular things, right? It really wouldn't make sense for God to do regular things. And that's why the story of Mary and Joseph sounds so unbelievable. Unbelievable. God doesn't do normal, right? God does not do normal. And so it requires our faith uh, in him. 
And through that faith, he can do supernatural things and a strong belief uh, in what he has done and what he's going to do for us. Uh, it, it requires that faith. Um, so if we take a look at Romans uh, 5.1, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, let us have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. And for me, reading that, what I want to look at is, is those three words, justified through faith. And, and what does that mean to be justified through faith? When you think of justified, you're exempt from penalty. Um, you're, you're exempt uh, from the penalty that you rightly deserve, right? It, it's not that you're innocent. It, it's no, you, you're wrong, but we're, justi we're justified. We're exempt um, um, from our sins, from, from that penalty. And then when it says through faith, and it may say through faith, by faith, or out of faith, that faith, valid faith, is, which, uh, is that which yields obedience. Okay, so our valid faith is that which yields obedience. So it's one thing just to, to have faith and believe, but the other end of that comes our obedience. Um, so for me, again, this is saying that, the, that with the unbelievable, supernatural things that God can do, um, we are justified through faith. So if you believe in the story of Mary and Joseph, uh, you believe their story, and that belief comes through faith, uh, and in that fa same faith we are exempt from penalty and our sins are forgiven, and in that faith uh, it yields obedience. So this leads to my next question. Um, what is your relationship with God? How often do you communicate with God? Um, what do you talk about? You know, are you talking about, you know, Lord, you know, I got this going on, that going on? Um, are you doing all the talking? Have you been in those conversations where one person is just doing all the talking? Are, are you doing any listening to what he has to say? Um, to allow him to guide you? Um, do you only, you know, talk to him when you need something? Are you, you know, sometimes you, you think back when you were a kid, your parents know, all of a sudden you come in, hey, 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 mom. <laughs> here, here it comes. <laughs> They're ready to ask for something, right? That, that's the only conversation. They don't, you ain't seen the kids all day. They come downstairs. Hey, what you doing? I'm watching TV. What you, what you want? Right? God's like, I'm busy. Like, all of a sudden, what do you want? <laughs> it's like sometimes we, we don't stop by to say hello. You know, we just kind of, hey, we, we need something. So what is the real nature of your relationship? Um, and what kind of time are you spending with him? Because sometimes maybe you're like, no, I'm always spending time with God. You also spend a lot of time at work, a lot of time with your coworkers. I don't think that time you spend with your coworkers is you have the same relationship as you do with your family who you spend less time with because I mean, that's your family. Those are your loved ones, right? And so you think about that. And again, I imagine our relationship with our family is so much stronger. So what is your relationship like with your heavenly father? He's part of our family. That's our father, right? Uh, our relationship with God, and I think last week Tasha did a good job of uh, exploring that uh, relationship and really talked about an intimate relationship, and I think that's what we're striving for. Um, it, it goes beyond surface level. It goes beyond BFFs. So if you think about your, your, your most important relationships that you have, our relationship with God should cover, encompass all of that plus more, 
right? It, it should go beyond anything that we can imagine. That's how close, how much in sync we should be with him. Um, and our belief in him, it, that's what leads to our faith in him. And, our, and as our relationship grows, um, so does our faith. Uh, the more you get to know him, the more amazing he becomes. You know, sometimes we feel isolated. We kind of pull, up, pull away. And that's the exact opposite of what we should do. Because that's the closer we get, it's amazing. You think, like, Lord, you know, it can't get any better. And, and it does. He pulls you through. You see no way out. And he finds a way for you. And that all only comes, though, if, if you're communicating with him, if you're in that relationship. Um, which kind of reminds me of, you guys have probably heard the saying, you know, you don't want to ever meet your hero. Right? You don't want to ever meet, you know, your favorite actor, your musician, whoever that is. You know, you've heard stories of people meeting Michael Jordan. It, it didn't turn out the way they wanted it to, right? You know, those, those people you put up, you think they're great and fantastic, and it's like, not meeting wasn't fun. I didn't enjoy that. Uh, and it's quite the opposite with God. The more you meet with him, the more you get to know him, the more amazing he is. And I think that's very important for us to understand that it's like, it's, gosh, you just get closer and closer and closer. So what does this have to do uh, with joy? Um, And more specifically, uh, Christian joy. And when we talk about joy, I want to make sure that we understand the distinction uh, between happiness and and joy. because being happy is good, right? I'm not going to come up here and say, oh, you shouldn't be happy. You know, you always got to be suffering. No, you should be happy. Hopefully, hopefully, you're doing what you can to make your spouse happy, your family happy, and that's fine. That's good. Um, but unfortunately, sometimes with happiness, it's temporary, right? Um, we did an activity with the kids in Children's Church a little while ago, and we were going with the fruits of the Spirit and joy. And we took them outside, and we were blowing bubbles, right? We were blowing bubbles. The kids loved going around chasing the bubbles. But you know, they're popping the bubbles, but at the end, what, what happens, right? You have, to, you have to keep blowing more bubbles, right? You keep blowing more bubbles. You keep blowing more bubbles, and they pop, right? And the happiness ends. You keep blowing more bubbles. You think about your kids. My daughter, I'm playing with her. I throw her up in the air. Daddy, what she say? Again, 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 right? Her happiness is dependent on me again and again and again doing what, what I'm supposed to do or what she thinks I'm supposed to do, Right? That doesn't last, and it's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You can do that. But again, that is temporary. Um, So in order to, again, maintain that fun, it's dependent on us, and it's hard to maintain that happiness because often, again, we are trying to create the circumstances uh, that will make us happy. We are trying to create the circumstances that make us happy. And again, there's nothing wrong with doing some of that. but it's hard. It's hard. What separates what the world views as happiness and Christian joy is that Christian joy is not based on our circumstances, right? It's not based on anything that you have done or I have done or you could do, okay? Whereas happiness, again, that bubble pops and it's like, now, now, now what do you got? Now what are you going to do, Dad? I'm tired of this. Um, our joy is not based on anything that we have done. Um, earlier we talked about being justified through faith and how justified means we're exempt from the penalty we rightly deserve, and valid faith leads obedience. We receive God's blessing and acceptance from our faith on Jesus' reputation. Not on anything we've done, based on what Jesus has done, on his reputation. Um, We're able to have this based simply on, really, who we know. We know Jesus. 
That, that's it. We're, we're in. That, that's all it takes. Um, and if we think back to, um, if we truly believe this, and Pastor Mix has said this, why wouldn't we be excited? We have this supernatural, unbelievable story, but if all I have to do is say, all you got to do is accept Jesus, that's it, why wouldn't you be excited? Why wouldn't we share that with other people? That's all it, you don't have to do anything. It's not based on anything that I can do or you can do. God's already done that. It's based on him and his reputation, based on who, he, who we know. That's it. Um, again, um, it's like if you heard of a legacy admission in college, right? If your father, grandfather, mother, grandmother went to that college, you're going to get in. You know Jesus, you're going to get in, right? That's it. You're going to get in. So, all this to say that the person behind the story of Mary and Joseph, that supernatural, unbelievable story, the same person um, who's the reason why we're justified through faith, this is the source of our joy. That is the reason why we have joy. Uh, I listened to when Pastor has talked about this, Tim Keller, and what he says, again, about Christian joy is that it is not based on circumstances. You can control moments of happiness, but our joy does not come from anything in our control. Um, it is not the bubbles that keep popping. And again, as a parent, I could do my best, but I can't make my daughter happy. I, there's not enough time or things in a day on a Saturday afternoon where she's bored and it's like, I can't do anything else, I'm sorry. That, that, that happiness, you know, it, it's, it's a lot of work. Um, there's so many circumstances out of your control. Sometimes I wake up, I can't make it out the house before something happens. That already, my day is starting off in a different direction. Can you make it to work without something happening? You're, you're feeling good. Some of you may got your, you know, your gospel music on, and it's going to be a great day until somebody cuts you off. You can't control what somebody else does until you get to your job and somebody says something or does something or something happens. There's an emergency. There's something that needs to be done. All of a sudden, now you're set off right? You can't control your circumstances, right? Um, so even in those moments, it may seem hard to find your joy, but that's why, again, our source is, is God. It's not us, right? Uh, in Romans 5.3, it says, not only so, but we rejoice in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Again, this has been given to us through our belief and faith in God. We don't have to do anything. It's already there. Um, even in suffering, we praise God, and, and he still is working on us to grow us um, and to grow our joy. Uh, and so for me, what this is saying is that our joy is sustainable, right? This isn't a bubble that's going to burst. It's coming from God. So even in those moments when we're suffering, he's growing us, he's stretching us, he's working through us, but our joy is still there. It hasn't gone anywhere. You know, it's not like that bubble that, you know, again, it, it pops, but it grows almost that joy. The bubble's growing stronger. It's growing even more indestructible. It's going to bounce around, and it's not going to pop. Um, and I think, gosh, you just imagine God, this supernatural, and if our joy comes from him, it's like, no matter what we're going through, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. 
Um, we are saved, again, based on nothing of our own doing. And it's the same with our joy. We can't do anything to create it. Uh, we don't have to do anything. It's, it's always there. And if, again, if I had to rely on myself, I couldn't make it work. Okay? I couldn't do it. And, and it doesn't matter if you're in the midst of a storm. Maybe you're going through it. Maybe somebody you know is, is going through something. Um, I'm thinking with my, my dad, the, the sickness and, and death part is like, you know, that, 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 that happens. I understand that. There's a lot of other things that are happening around that that are, are challenging, right? And that's the part that, for me, it, it's hard because I didn't ask for this. I didn't want this. And it's one thing for you to have a sick parent, but it's one thing now you have all this other thing surrounding it and all these other things trying to uh, take your joy. And again, when you're in the midst of the storm, and pastors talked about, you know, you have those sleepless nights. If your joy is coming from God, uh, you look at Psalms 30, verse 5, and it says, Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in. So that, that, that pain, I almost like to kind of, as I'm thinking about it now, flip that, whereas those bubbles that are being blown up, that's your suffering. That, that doesn't last, right? That's the way it really should be. Those bubbles that are bursting, those are your suffering. That's your pain. It's going to come. It's going to be there, but that's going to pop. It, that doesn't last. What lasts, what sustains, what's growing in us is our joy. That's what's going to outlast anything else. And, and, and again, for me, that, that's been so comforting Again, to have a praying mother, to have a praying wife, to have a praying church, to know that you're gonna, you may have that tough night, but in the morning it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And this reminds me, you know, that old kid song, you know, I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, where down in my heart. And then it says, to stay. To stay right? That it doesn't go anywhere. My joy is staying right here. And sometimes we forget that you have to go down deep and find it and have to activate it, but it's there, right? But we get, as pastor said, we, we get in our own way, right? We, we get in our own way. And we get in our own way, and it's like things aren't working out, and it's like, God's like, I, I have this joy. I've given you what you need right here, but you get in your own way, and, and you're kind of messing things up. I've gotten in my own way, even with the situation I've been dealing with, I'm thinking I'm doing things and, uh, and my best intentions in mind, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's like, God's like, <laughs> if you have faith in me, <laughs> I will take care of this. But I am, I am stumbling. Even I'm thinking like, no, Lord, this is, I'm not doing anything malicious, but I might as well be because I'm stepping in front of what God is supposed to do. I'm not allowing him to do what he's supposed to do. So I, I am not doing anything better than anybody else who may be doing something malicious. We're both in the same boat. We're both sinning, right? There is no difference. Um, so again, that joy isn't going anywhere. And if we go from verse 23 to verse 24, it says, When Joseph woke up, in Matthew, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and, she, and he gave him the name Jesus. So if we go back to Mary and Joseph, Joseph didn't ask for any of this. Mary didn't want any of this. Joseph was like, I got my wife. You know, William illustrated, like, they had a year of waiting. Like, everything was supposed to be planned and set up. 
Life was good. Joseph was, you know, everything was great. He didn't do anything to deserve this. This was, wasn't any of his doing. You may find yourself in a situation where it's like, Lord, I, <laughs> I didn't want this. I'm dealing with stuff right now. I'm like, I didn't want this. And now I, here I am trying to maneuver and, and make the best of something, right? I didn't want any of this. But what separates us from what Joseph's situation? Okay. Think about what Joseph did. Think about verse 24. And it says, it is that belief and faith in God, right? Joseph's faith in God. Joseph's close, intimate relationship with God. And ultimately, what did Joseph do? Joseph was obedient. He did what the angels of the Lord commanded him to do. That's it. Sometimes, again, you get in your own way. You think of uh, Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not unto your understanding. It's kind of like... You have the best intentions, but it's like you're not trusting in the Lord. You say you have faith, but as we talked about earlier, that faith should yield obedience. And so, Diane, this is like, I'm I'm closing, so just so you know, right? (laughs) If we get get to the end, don't worry. (laughs) Don't worry. Ultimately, again, what Joseph did that some of us struggle with, he, he was obedient. He did what the angel of the Lord commanded. He was truly justified through faith. So not only was he exempt, uh, as we all are, but that second part, that faith, his faith, he yielded. He was obedient to what the angels of the Lord commanded him to do. And what came from that? Well, Joseph and Mary then, they had joy like I only can imagine of bringing home baby Jesus, right? Uh, can you imagine bringing home Jesus? And it's like, man, this, <laughs> I, I, I'm raising Jesus, you know? Like, I can just do whatever. He's going to turn out okay. Like, I, he's fine. He doesn't need a babysitter. He doesn't need nothing. Jesus is going to be all right, you know? I would love to have Jesus. It's like, I just go do what I want. Jesus is going to be okay, and it's like, that's the ultimate joy that Joseph had, is you're, you're obedient to God, you're faithful, you're doing what you're supposed to do, and even in the midst of all that suffering, all the stuff that is like, he didn't ask for, he didn't want, uh, with all that, that joy that was inside of him was revealed, and God is like, I got you. Here's Jesus. <laughs> you're, you're the dad. You're take forever and ever known, you're the father of Jesus. And I think that's the joy that I strive to achieve. That's the joy that I, I'm looking for, that sustaining joy, that if I leave church right now and something happens, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Thank you.